dun dun. Whoa, coming in hot. Coming in hot. Uh, yeah. Welcome everybody to the Ham Palace Live. Uh, I am doing an inspired podcast tonight. Hopefully you can all hear me all right. I think you can. And, uh, might have guests on the show. Might, might not. We'll see how it goes. But I, you know, I had a inspiration. Inspiration for me to record tonight. And, by golly, that's what I'm going to do. It is the night before my birthday. The night before my birthday. And all through the room. No creature was snoring. Not even uh, a few possible spiders. Who knows where they are? Who knows where they are? Maybe they're hiding away. Maybe they're talking. Welcome, everybody, to the Ham Pals tonight. I'm going to discuss a few things. Tonight is the last night I am 43. I like to do... A few things. Every year, the night before I turn the next age, I record into my phone. And I record... I record uh, everything. It's kind of like a, a year wrap-up of my life for that year. And I've been doing it since I'm, I think, about 34 years old. So, almost... Almost 10 years now. Actually, that's about it. This will make, I think, the 10th year. Either 34 or 35. Definitely 35. So, And it kind of sums up where I'm at, where I need to focus my energy, where my head's at, what my, what my thoughts about how far I've come are, or how little I've come, or however I choose to spin it. And it's an interesting experiment. Uh, if I can hold on to them enough and, and uh, do it till I'm dead, it'll be an interesting little experiment. <laughs> it's like if anything I leave behind, it'll be these audios of a, this guy that tried to make something of his life. He tried to try to make some kind of movie thing happen, some kind of comic book about a bear from another another planet. Uh, getting really angry and enjoying everything bagels along the way and just destroying everything. Uh, just the the rage, the rage in that bear. Where does that rage come from? Where does where did it in those panels and his his eyes, and his pupils, the irises? Where does he get? Where did those facial expressions come from? It's Got to come from somewhere. And we found these comics, these black and white comics from him. And we've heard these, we've listened to these podcasts of him ramble and go on. And what was he all about, that, that Hambo? What, what, what was his deal anyway? What did he, what were his dreams? What did he try to do? Try to make some kind of story called, I don't know, someone found this typed manuscript called Fourth Hour. I tried to make this into a 
published book tried to make it try to make that into a film wow a lot of it's just of its time i you know i who is this and i'll tell you i am i am an inspiring filmmaker i am a filmmaker i am an independent filmmaker i do make film but the films are so far and long in between each film they take a little bit out of me each time i make one and uh films are incredibly demanding and they they you know there's a book i gotta read called the war the war of art and i you know this is my own personal war war of art my my personal war of art is what i've come to understand about my art and art in general is that is this it can kill you. It can really kill you. It can honestly kill you. It can drive your hopes into the ground. Because if you cannot produce and finish something, you can, if you cannot finish what you start, then you have wasted your time. In some ways, I feel like part of your life. And uh, it's incredibly time-consuming. And you see, our world, our society at this point, it doesn't necessarily reward quality, um, convenience maybe, uh, but I don't know about quality, sometimes quality, sometimes, if you, if you can get it together, if you can get your shit together and knock out a quality film, a, not a quality story, uh, a quality comic, yeah, it, it'll you'll be rewarded. But I think most of the time you don't. I think I think the urgency. It's like we need something yesterday. Why isn't this done? And it's like comics and movies uh, take a lot longer than say stand-up comedy. And I, I can tell you this because I've done all three. They take a lot more thought, especially if you're doing everything yourself. How am I going to shoot this? What actors am I going to have in this? Does Is this story good? Is it, Do I believe in the story? But more importantly, does the story make sense? Uh, plate's going to fall here. I got a little plate there. Unprofessional of me. Oh. So, yeah, it's... It's frustrating. It's frustrating to not be able to finish something, to take a long time, years, possibly years to finish a comic. It's embarrassing. It sucks. Years, definitely years to finish a film and years to finish a, a novella. And you have to stay on top of it. No matter what happens, no matter what job you get, you have to stay on top of it. It's incredibly difficult when you don't get paid for it. You don't get paid for it. But enough about that. This is really about that. It's about the night before I turn 44. 43, I still feel, feel pretty loose, pretty limber. Energy problems, sure. There's some energy problems. I, I could have a little bit more energy early in the day. 
uh, I could reassess the food intake, what I'm eating, and kind of modify that, probably change that up. And I could go to bed a bit earlier instead of staying up till 5 in the morning. Now, I don't necessarily stay up till 5 in the morning every night. Recently, it's a recent development. Uh, most of the time, I do stay up 3 to 4. Uh, so, yeah, that's those are things that... It happens sometimes. Uh, we all have our vices. We all have our vices, so choose them carefully. Uh, so, I hope I hope you've been enjoying my Bond summaries, my James Bond. Summaries. I enjoy do, doing them. They're fun. It's cool looking up IMDb and reviewing them. I got myself quite a marathon. I realize it's niche. It's a niche topic to go over each bond and, and uh, review it. But I think it's good for me because I learned something about the process of making films, and it helps with my D and D, my Dungeons and Dragons, uh, because it it shows you what goes into a suspenseful scene and uh, how to set up excitement and ex exciting beginning to your story. Really good stuff there. There's stuff to learn as a writer, stuff to learn as a, uh, a director, stuff to learn as uh, a fan of the genre. So I hope you enjoy those. I'm going to keep going with them. The next one's uh, Thunderball. And... I'm going to go into a little bit more about my fascination with Ghostbusters because I don't think everybody really knows how far I, I go back. I go back with the Ghostbusters, okay? And it definitely hit. I mean, I was a, I was one of the biggest Ghostbusters fan you could, fans you could ever imagine when I was a kid. I still am. But, I mean, I don't have the... I mean, there's some hardcore Ghostbusters. They have the... They made their own proton pack. They have the the uniforms that look like they are in the movie. I, I don't have any room for that stuff. I have no room. <laughs> I do want to make my own proton pack. I think that would be incredible. Intensely satisfying. There are blueprints out there. You can do it. You can get it done. I might one day, once I get the new studio up and running, I think it will be great. They have a little Ecto-1 kit you can go and you can assemble an Ecto-1. I'm really tempted to do that. Uh, but before I go into the Ghostbusters and history of the Ghostbusters and why it's important to me, I have a goal at the end, the end of the year. I have a goal, I have a mission to get to 4,000 downloads by the end of the year. Now, 4,000 downloads might not seem like a, a lot. And if you look at the big picture, it isn't. But to me, it's a substantial goal. Because back in 2009, 2010, when this little podcast was very little and, I mean, still is little, but exceptionally little. And I don't know if I even had one listener. I was just doing it really for myself. Because no one was really listening. I was doing it to record my travelings, my everything, 
that I was experiencing in California and in my life from then on. And to make some comedic skits, some something funny there, something that I maybe I could use on stage. And yeah, I, uh, I you know, I, I, as I kept on recording, I didn't maybe like two. I, I know the first couple of years I only did. I, I don't think I did more than three podcasts in the first two years because I, the content I was producing and editing audio skits. So it was, I didn't quite, I wasn't quite into the, the, the talky kind of thing. I was kind of understanding what a podcast was and what it kind of evolved into and what it, you know, what it really is, is just people talking about the stuff they, they, stuff they love, talking about the stuff that they are passionate about and, and, and kind of a back and forth conversation. Yeah, you can have some funny skits. Yeah, that's fine. But I don't think it rewards it. I don't think that this platform rewards the skits. I think it rewards, rewards the interesting conversation. And uh, that's what I try to bring to you. I, you know, I want this to be a funny podcast. I try to make it funny. with, But when you try to make something funny, sometimes it lands on its face. And it's just not. It's not funny. So hopefully there's some humorous uh, moments in in this show. And uh, yeah, uh, without ado, I'm going to I'm going to go into Ghostbusters, my love for Ghostbusters. And I'll try to recount the things that stand out in my mind about growing up uh, a Ghostbusters kid, pretty much. Uh Thanks. Uh, it's Welder287 entered the live studio. I appreciate you listening. Uh, late in the game tonight, night before Thanksgiving. I appreciate it. Uh, so I had to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. I had to. And I knew that the Ghostbusters weren't. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> I, I, this is big spoilers, by the way. I knew that the Ghostbusters weren't going to be in it very long. I'm like, I'm like, we'll be lucky if we get maybe two minutes. We got five minutes. We got five minutes of the Ghostbusters in it. So, if anything, it's worth it for that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are reviewing it. They're giving it a solid seven out of ten. And they're not wrong. I believe it is a seven out of ten movie. And I gave it a bit of a bias, giving it an 8 out of 10. It is, it's a 7, really, it's a 7 out of 10 movie. And it's because, well, I mean, you can see my review about that, you know. But anyway, I was thinking about Ghostbusters today and why, and kind of like me now, opposed as opposed to then when I was a kid, I think it was very new. I saw the kid, the, the first movie when I was about 6 or 7 years old, I'd say somewhere around that age let's see uh actually i was eight years old i believe around eight years old and it it blew me it blew me away i was um, i saw it in a pet with a packed audience uh everybody it was just just watching it 
and I didn't remember very much of the parts because watching a movie, it's it's as when you're a kid like that, that that age, it, it it's kind of hard to stand still. I I think, but I do remember enough of it to where I was like pretty blown away, like when they get to the skyscraper, especially. Um, there, there's a lot of the scenes that um, the Ghostbusters running down the streets in New York. Um, that was a, one that stood out. Ecto one coming out of the firehouse. Uh, it, yeah, I do. I do remember. You know, it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome that I can go back into my memory banks and remember being in the theater and watching Ghostbusters for the first time. The library downstairs. It's. I think it's just so overwhelming. Uh, visual wise, it's just it's hitting you with so many different concepts and things that I'm just letting it over, you know, I was letting it just wash over me, and then uh, just really being swept about, swept away by the story and not thinking about anything else. I mean, not getting all the jokes, but that's okay. Just going with it, and uh, the music, you know, really. Uh, letting that play over everything and just like, wow, just going along with the, because I didn't have much to worry about. I was a kid, which was nice. So I can watch a movie with a clear mind, not having to think about the worries of the world and all, all the crap. Well, I got to do this tomorrow or this, I'm going to get charged this and uh, I better call her. I better message her. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff, or uh, I got to talk to this person about this job, uh, you know, that kind of dumb stuff. I remember this, that key scene, though, when they're at the top. This is the climax of the movie of the skyscraper, and they said, What? And Bill, Sir, Bill Murray says, What? What did you do, Ray? And Ray's like, I couldn't help it. I tried to think of. Of the thing that the least, the least uh, offensive thing, you know, and he goes into it, and uh, when when uh, Dan Aykroyd says, uh, "We used to roast uh, marshmallows down at that camp, uh, Camp Wakanda," and, uh, and what what did you do? You know, and they go, and he says, "Who is it? Who is it?" He's like, "It's the State Puff Marshmallow Man." And then it cuts to the State Puff Marshmallow Man walking between the skyscrapers. People just lost it. I remember people laughing their head off in the theater. And how amazing that was. And when State Puff opened his arms and went, I mean, people are just losing it. You, this is something that has never been seen before. And it, it was such a farce. We're in farce land. Like people, it was so over the top. But it was wasn't it was just the right amount of over the top, and it was such magic, such magic. Uh, when Stay Puff entered, and uh, how how are they going to get out of the situation? They're, you know, the th the four of them are dealing with a, a a a goddess, right? And it's like they're way over their head, they're way out of the league. This thing could kill him, kill all of them, like no problem. But they overcome it. They overcome it somehow through through science, right? Through teamwork and and through sacrifice. They, they, when they 
cross the streams, they know that they're probably going to die. And uh, but they go for it. And there's something about that that you really get behind uh, as a watcher, and you can really identify with it. It's very human, and no, uh, uh, it's incredible. And then when the, you know, uh, when they come down and it's daytime, and uh, everyone's in the crowds there, and they're being embraced by everybody, it just feels so real. So much about that movie feels real because they're really they really shot it in New York. A lot of it's practically done when the streets are tore up. That really happens. Um, it's a very awesome practical set. It's not CG. So you really buy into the reality of it. So. Fast forward. Actually, when I saw that, it was I was in the, the theater in the Macomb Mall. And... I remember walking out of there, and this is when the theater was actually a theater in there, and before it became a $2 uh, cheap theater, <laughs> which is no longer even there, which sucks. I wish it was. And uh, I remember people selling the T-shirts there in the mall. I think they were in the, in the shop when we were walking out, and I remember my mom saying, hey, you want a T-shirt? And I'm like, no, that's okay, because I wasn't. I was still letting this thing wash over me. I wasn't, I wasn't quite a fan yet. It had to wash over me a little bit more because I, you know, it wasn't till really I probably watched the movie again on TV, and then the cartoon. So I remember really thinking about that movie and how magical it was, and the, the when the cartoon came out, I go. That really hit me hard. Like the music, the animation, and that uh, title sequence. <laughs> that was really, that was something. Because the attention to detail on, the, it takes a lot to draw the proton pack and, and the, the neutrino wand and all that. To, to do that in a realistic way, even cartoony, it's a lot of work. And I really respected that. Um, because you have to animate those straight lines with the, you know, with the more rounded lines of a human and all that. So, and get the likenesses down and the voices, you know, very close to how they are in the movie. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, in so many episodes and how funny each episode was and how unique and, and, and the different ghosts they brought in. It's incredible. I don't know why I don't own the whole set. It's an amazing cartoon set. I think it has something to do with the, you know, I just never quite have that money to pay for it or the the room for the DVDs. But I really, I really loved it. And, you know, from that day on, I was, I was huge. I was a fan. I draw the logo, always drawing the Ghostbusters logo it was tough trying to get that down perfect you know i would draw the logo on folders that would make for people in class which i would sell to them like i would staple these you know pieces of white cardboard together or a poster board uh or and cardboard and i would make a pouch out of it and i would draw a logo on the front of it and 
you know, they give me 25 cents or whatever. And they get a folder. And uh, I was a little entrepreneur back then. <laughs> Eventually, I draw like a Teenage Ninja Turtle on there or something. And that, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, so, the toys came out. I got Ecto One. Gosh, that was awesome. I miss having that car. That was a great. I think it got thrown out later by my stepdad. It really bugs me. I don't have that Ecto One anymore. Um, when the door pops out in the Afterlife movie, I think that might have even been from a cartoon. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs, I think, in Afterlife that I have to really... Uh, I, I'm probably going to have to rewatch the movie just because of the Easter eggs. But, I mean, I was, I was a hardcore fan. I, I drew, like, on on my gym shirt, a Ghostbusters logo on the back of it and marker. Um, I was obsessed with drawing the Ghostbusters logo and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man for that, you know. And, uh, yeah, so... I uh, didn't think what else. Uh, got the toy. The toy had the the Peter Venkman where you squeeze his legs and his hair pops up. Right, you squeeze his legs and, and the plastic hair pops up and his eyes bug out and his he, his jaw becomes unhinged and his tongue comes out. It, it was bizarre. It was a bizarre uh, action figure, but it was fun that I had that. Uh, the video games. I had the poster, big Ghostbuster uh, poster on my door in my room, which I love. I miss that room. And uh, Ghostbusters on the Commodore 64 slash 128. I played the heck out of that. I, I beat that, which was pretty challenging for when it came out. And you have to go around. the. And first you have a... a a beetle a bug that you're driving around the city with and you, you, you if you bust enough ghosts you gain enough money to buy uh different things for the car that help you defeat more ghosts and you can buy a new car to get to these places in time get to the places faster when they become infested with ghosts that you have to trap so you don't start off with the hearse right away you have you get or the ecto one you get a bug and then you work your way up to get an equipment for that car, and then you get the uh, hearse, or and then you can get a, a faster car even than that, so like a sports car. And then defeating, you know, you have to go under the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's legs and go all the way up to, to the building, and you just automatically defeat Gozer up top. And But it's just such a neat thing to pull off as a kid. To be able to defeat Gozer, get into the building, and it's hard. It can be a hard game and a very repetitive game. Very repetitive, and there's not really much strategy to it. But when you do pull it off, it's a great feeling. And uh, I could go into that more about that game, but this is kind of, I'm kind of doing a, a broad, broad strokes of, of my love for Ghostbusters, but. Yeah, and the Sega Genesis game, which is fantastic. I think that still holds up today. Um, 
and just just knowing that they, there are, there was a video game where they used the likenesses of the actors in the game that was so huge that was, that was such a big deal uh but yeah i mean i could have more ghostbuster stuff today i have the the board game where i painted the minis and everything i'm looking at stay puff right now the big miniature of that which i colored and painted um i could have more things i could have a trap uh which i'd love to have like a, an actual rolling out trap that you you kick and then the doors open up and the smoke comes out and makes noises that's fan i love that stuff but i just don't have the room for it and uh i have been a ghostbuster during halloween several times i when i was uh working at a costume store i, I sold a whole bunch of ghostbusters outfit because they let you wear the outfit and walk around and, and the inflated uh with the inflated proton pack. Well, all right, it's midnight, just two past midnight. I just talked myself into the age 44. So that's, you know, hey, I record. This is why I record. This is why I do it because it tells me the passage of time and it documents things. I love it. Plus, I recorded it into my phone earlier. So again, if I can get all these, all these saves and i gotta keep backing up each year i think they're very fascinating very interesting and i'm 44 now so happy birthday to me and uh, i think i did as much as i could with 34 i mean 44 34 Freudian slip 44 as i 43 as i could uh i'm glad that i didn't keep thinking i was 44 until now and uh but yeah i i you know, I, I give, I'm giving them my all these, these years. And unfortunately, sometimes I don't have as much energy as I'd like when I get home from work and, uh, not quite where I want to be yet, but I, I'm, I'm happy with the progress I'm making. And most importantly, what I'm doing with my money and how I'm creating the real reality of each day that I, that I, I'm in it by journaling and, and setting the day, making sure each one's positive. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I'm trying to think what else with Ghostbusters. It drove me nuts. I went around the neighborhood and I had a cardboard box on my back with some uh, rope straps, I think. And me and my buddy, whom I've had on here, uh, John, we went around and pretended we were Ghostbusters. And I had a uh, bike handle, which I put uh, on top of a uh, dowel, wooden dowel rod, and I would hold those like it was my neutrino wand, and I, we would go around and pretend that there are some ghosts that we needed to bust, and I think I might have even had a cardboard box that I used as a trap. I might have drawn the trap doors on it, uh, but it was just raw imagination, I mean that tells you the the power of that movie and the and the cartoons and everything. It's just raw imagination. I mean, that was something special <laughs> that we could pretend that there were ghosts in the garage, run around, and just use and just do that. Uh, no wonder I like D and D so much because. It, I was knee deep, knee deep in D and D, Ghost and Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, I should say, really a big catalyst too for Ghostbusters was 
uh, my friend Wayne, uh, my friend Wayne, Wayne Boyce, uh, childhood friend who is no longer with us now. And he turned me on to a lot of that stuff. Like he was a fellow huge Ghostbusters fan of the movie. He got me watching the cartoon a little bit more. We would talk about different, the, which cartoons we liked. And uh, we'd listen to the music, the soundtrack from the, the first one. And, and especially when Ghostbusters 2 came out, which I was so geeked to go see Ghostbusters 2. I, was, I really loved going to see that. And even though it's, you know, people give it a lot of crap, but it's fun. We get more of the Ghostbusters. You know, it's maybe not as free-flowing as the first one, but it's a sequel. I, I enjoyed it. And we get Vigo, and I thought he was a good villain. Uh, I think we get a little bit too much baby in, in the movie, but uh, I think there's some funny moments and some, some great moments. That court courtroom scene is, is awesome. I'm just so bummed that they kind of gave up after that for so long or bill bill did and uh they couldn't work anything out for the longest time and uh that's why i say they need to do another one they need to do one they did do the video game which is great uh, i did play the, the most recent atari game but again my laptop isn't that strong the battery sucks on it so i can't really play it that much uh, it might be worth getting a console eventually to try to beat the game game's fantastic the actors do the voices in it and that's kind of the last portrayal of egon spangler is in that game and with harold ramus whom harold ramus ramus i miss i was i was thinking the other day i'm like i miss that guy he was an amazing talent an incredible director writer i mean in stripes i mean caddyshack all of that and uh he was such a i really miss his personality because i tell you once you're gone from this world that you're gone and that that unique personality that combination will never be around again and he was so talented he had such a great sense of humor and he knew he knew what was funny about each of his fellow actors and what worked and what would work for the audience he had a great sense of that and he he really did and that's why he put it together some good some good films and uh he was such a great driving force of that and now that's gone you know and we'll never have anything quite like that i mean ivan reitman is pretty much retired so it's just again it i always come back to like writers have just kind of there's a whole generation of writers that either retired were forced to retire or died and it was a passing of a torch i think the torch dropped and burnt somebody because <laughs> the, something there's a missing of the generations and writers where it's just we just don't get the the good character development anymore the good build-up of suspense and and, and uh uh the different layers uh, the nuances in in films and we just don't have that anymore that's just they they don't know how to do that they're intentionally not doing that or it's just not that isn't in the the filmmakers and writers heads 
And uh, that's a shame. That's that really is a shame. And uh, I'm trying to think what else with Ghostbusters. I mean, there's just so much merchandise. I mean, they, they came out with some board games. I, I don't think I had the board games. Uh, I recommend a great YouTube channel called Down from the Attic. Uh, he did, he goes over all the different board games. And he has, you know, the Ghostbusters uniform. He's got the Proton Pack and the Trap. And the, he he went all out. So he's a hardcore fan. And uh, it's like, man, uh, it's so awesome. It's so awesome to see someone that is passionate and just doesn't care. He puts it out there and he's making some great videos. But I, I still show my love for it. You know, I, I draw... You know, I drew a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man on my YouTube channel, and that that got some some views. Um, you know, I paint these miniatures from the game, so once in a while, I'll I'll go back in that world and I'll I'll remember why I loved it so much. And I do miss that part of my of myself. It, it's almost like I was so knee deep in Ghostbusters. I was so deep in it in that world because of my imagination. You know, I was at home a lot and I did, it was, you know, video games hadn't quite hit their stride qu quite yet. And uh, I would just draw, endlessly draw, try to draw the Ecto-1, try to draw a Ghostbuster in the in his outfit, in his uniform. And I, I miss that. I miss the hours doing that because that was truly special and it was truly pure. And uh, I was... I was after something. I was, I was after a perfection of just trying to draw as good as the guys they, they didn't, how they did in the cartoon, how, how to draw as good as they did in the comics. I mean, I was, I was after that, and I still am, but I had a lot more time to focus on that stuff, and I really missed that part of life. and I missed that part of myself. Sorry, it's just, if this is coming, it's just starting to be a little downbeat. I, I wanted to make this kind of funny, but I just kind of wanted to go over that part of myself and kind of record this and document this part of my my childhood, uh, growing up, you know, kid of the '80s, and it was really what a great time for the pop pop culture. And I'm I'm glad that I was born in that that decade, or not, I was born late '70s, but I grew up in the 80s so yeah it's, it's it, you know it was it was it was definitely magical and i really i did i appreciated my childhood although not perfect you know my parents didn't didn't get along and there was some pain there but there is a lot of gold a lot of gold and i miss i do miss it you know but, hey, I had a lot of time, a lot of time, and I think I made the best use of I could, as I could with it, trying to get better as a, as an artist, as, you know, I, I miss the time to, to work on my art. That really breaks my heart in a lot of ways because of the job, it takes so much time away from that, you know, but, uh, you know, school, school took a lot of time away from that too, so. Really, I, I just have to look at it as like work is, is like the new school, you know, and uh, 
I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying to do what I love to do and get paid $5 million a day for it. <laughs> and I'm um, believing it. I'm believing it. I'm going to wrap this up. It's my birthday. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thanks for listening. Uh, Welder, 287, listen to me rant. Hope I didn't. I hope I didn't bring you down. I got pretty nostalgic there, but I, I just kind of wanted to go over that. And looking forward to those 4,000 downloads by the end of the year. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So uh, please share. <laughs> please share the podcast. Uh, leave a comment on the on the Podbean wall. Let me know what you think. Uh, as always, check out my banner at uh, hambo.podbean.com on the upper left corner you see the banner it's got my youtube channels uh my patreon is up there but I, you know i never i never advertise that too heavily but it's there um my website all that good stuff with my art and uh yeah so check it out leave a comment let me know what you think of these these podcasts what you want me to cover or what you think would be interesting Again, I'm a big movie guy. I'm a big comic book guy. Um, but I do talk about other things. You know, I talk about paranormal with Daniel when he, whenever he comes on. And, um, and just, you know, life things. Life things. Uh, I wanted to go over the topic of external dependencies for happiness. Which maybe that's something I'll talk, I'll, you know, I'll talk about next time and and dealing with that external things to make you happy no matter what form it may take uh that's something i've i've learned to observe in myself these attachments it's almost like i could do a whole podcast on that using the lord of the rings metaphors because i've been thinking about a lot about lord of the rings and the addiction to the ring and what can be that ring in your life and uh yeah let me jot that down right now because I think that's podcast gold. Again, I'm, is that very funny? Uh, probably not. Once in a while, I might say something kind of, kind of silly, and uh, I hope I hope it keeps you entertained. And uh, I'm, I'm going to end this now while it's still, so I don't I, I don't I don't bore you to tears. But. Uh, Thanks for listening. Happy birthday to me. May you have a happy Thanksgiving. And with your family, with your friends. And uh, stay gold. Stay gold. Do the things that you're good at. Keep them in your life. Keep them special. Keep those memories special. Because they are you. They are, they are part of you. The good, the, you know, the good and the bad, but yeah, and that's that's what I got to say about that. Uh, may you have long days and pleasant nights. Thanks for listening.